Hi, sisters. Today we have a listener question. Why do Christians worship on Sunday versus Saturday, which was the Sabbath commanded by God? If you ever have a question that you would like answered, just email me and I will be happy to answer it on this podcast. So did the Catholics change the day of worship because they wanted to worship the pagan sun god for Sunday? This and other questions will be answered on this episode. Enjoy. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat, and I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years, and I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Okay, question and answer time. So the question came in, what do we do about the Sabbath versus the Lord's Day for worship? Good question. I get this question all the time. I cannot tell you how often I get this question. I get this question so much. So why do Christians worship on Sunday versus Saturday, which was the established day of worship for the Jewish people. So under the law, God did not make the Sabbath for himself. He did not need, he did not need a day of rest. Okay. God is infinite. He is all powerful. He does not need rest. We are the ones that are finite and need rest. And so he knew that. And so he made a day of rest for us to rest and honor God and worship him and to be rested from work and rested from the, all the, the the rituals and all these things. And that was on Saturday. That's what he, he had deemed that for the Jews. And it was a law. Like they had to rest on the Sabbath. Now, by the time we get to Jesus's day with the Pharisees, they had added all these crazy traditions and, and stuff to it that made the Sabbath day actually like the least day of the week that the Jews wanted to even 
be rested because it wasn't even restful anymore because it was so ridiculous. Some of the things that they couldn't do or um, had to think of like, oh, if I do this, I'm not going to please God. I mean, it was it was really crazy. I did a whole teaching on it when we were do- going over the Gospel of John and it was not a day of rest anymore. It had not be- been a day of rest for a long time when uh, Jesus came on the scene. Um, and so what we found was that, you know, Jesus said, Hey, it's not, it's, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. He says uh, he, all 10 commandments in the new Testament and, and were not affirmed in the new Testament, only nine out of the 10 were confirmed in the new Testament. So that would be, uh, five of them in Matthew 19, 18, which was murder, idolatry, stealing, false witness, and honor of parents. Romans 13, 9, that's the coveting, worshiping God properly covers the first three commandments. The one that was not reaffirmed was the one about the Sabbath. Instead, Jesus said that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, Matthew 12, 8. He is our rest. We enter into him now. And he, so he is now our rest. We are not under the law. The law has been fulfilled at the cross. And if you're going to try to keep one of the law, then you need to keep all of the law or you are cursed. That's, that's in Galatians. We cannot keep the law. Jesus kept the law perfectly for us. And now we are under the law of grace and love, which is so amazing. So how the Lord's day came about. Now we are being told that the Catholic church changed the day from Saturday to Sunday because they wanted to worship their sun God. Sounds really good because we love hating the Catholic church, right? We love blaming everything on the Catholic church for white, anything that's wrong with Christianity. It's got to be the Catholic church's fault. But that doesn't line up with scripture, and it also doesn't line up with church history. And so let's go first with some um, some some scriptures that talk about uh, the evidence that the days have been changed in the New Testament from Saturday to Sunday. Uh, Romans 14, 5 through 6, it says, One man regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. And so Paul is saying here, every day is equal in the Lord, because the Lord is the Sabbath rest. He has fulfilled that. He is the, he is the Sabbath rest. And so we are able to worship God seven days a week, anytime we want. Traditionally and historically, the church has always corporately worshiped God from the Sunday of resurrection when he resurrected on that Sunday through the rest of church history, including today. Now, that does not mean that you cannot worship on Saturday if you so choose. If you just feel like Saturday is a better worship day, you and a local body you're attending have decided that we like worshiping on Saturday. We we just believe that that's a better day for us as a corporate body locally. And so we're going to worship on Saturday. That's fine. Let no one judge you in that. However, if you're doing it because you think it's the law, you think that um, you're pleasing God, you think that others who aren't doing it on Saturday are wrong or that it's a salvation issue, then you are judging your brother or sister and you are in error. So 
you are more than welcome to worship the God, worship God corporately on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. If you want to think every day is alike, that is fine. If you want to separate one day out for corporate worship, that is fine too. Historically and traditionally and biblically, it's been being done on Sunday as the Lord's day ever since the resurrection. Um, we can see in uh, Colossians 2, 16 through 17, therefore let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath day. Things which are mere shadow of what's to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Notice here that the same sentence uh, sequence is mentioned. Festival is yearly, a new moon is monthly, a Sabbath is weekly, and let no one judge you in regard to this. The Sabbath is defined as a shadow. The reality is Jesus is our Sabbath. Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 7, it says, and on the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread. So Paul begins talking to them and he's getting ready to leave the next day. And so he's, um, you know, talking about the first day of the week, which is Sunday. That's when the people were gathered together for corporate worship. So we see that right away, the church had been started to gather on Sundays and had remained gathering um, on Sundays. First Corinthians 16, one through two, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. So we see here again, on the first day of the week, let each one of you put aside and save as he must prosper that no collections be made when I come. And so we notice again, Paul is directing the churches. He knows they meet on Sundays. He knows that's when they get together and corporately worship. And so he's telling them, when you do that, we need to set aside some money so I can collect it and take it down, take it to some of the poor churches. Revelations 1, 10 through 11, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now we know that the Lord's day is Sunday. And I heard behind me a loud voice, like a sound trumpet. And he goes on to <clears throat> talk about the Lord's day. Um, the new Bible dictionary says regarding the term, the Lord's day, this is the first extent occurrence in Christian literature. Okay. The objective construction suggests that it was a formal designation of the church's worship day. So this is when we start to see that we call it the Lord's day. So even the early church, even the apostles were calling it the Lord's day and knew and understood the readers knew and understood that that meant Sunday. That was the day that the church corporately gathered together to, to worship God, to hear his word, and also to take the sacraments or the communion cup, the bread and the wine. And so this is really important. Also, let's just take a look here at some church history. Because when we say that the Catholic Church changed Sunday to Saturday, well, first of all, Constantine didn't come up on the scene until what, like 315 AD? So what was the early church doing for those 300 years before Constantine, before the Catholic Church, if you will, which, you know, even Constantine coming in, yes, he brought in the buildings, he brought some things in, but the, it still wasn't, the church was still universal at the time. It still was orthodox. It was a slow fade through church history that after Constantine, it was like every generation just got more and more away from biblical Christianity wasn't like that immediately. And so, but let's just look at the first 300 years before the Catholic church took over. So let's see the Sabbath, which is the Lord's day. So let's look at the diadec. 
The diadech we have, we believe it was written in AD 70. So AD 70, it says, but every Lord's day, gather yourselves together and break bread and give thanksgiving. And after confess your transgressions that your sacrifice may be pure. And so the diaduct, which was a very early church history um, manuscript that we can look to, to see, you know, how things were being done, different instructions. And this was instructing them on uh, worship and saying, hey, on we're going to worship on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. We're going to gather together. We're going to assemble together. We're going to break bread together. We're going to give Thanksgiving together. This is what we're going to be doing. Because it was already being done. Remember, like the gospel was, a, was being preached to Gentile nations that knew nothing of Judaism. They knew nothing of the law. They knew nothing of the Old Testament. These were pagans that had never even heard of Jesus Christ and him crucified or knew very little um, not much about the Jewish traditions or Jews, you know, that wasn't, they were pagans. They were doing what pagans do. They were worshiping false gods and, and deities and statues and all those things. And so someone would come in and they'd preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they would learn all about Jesus. And they'd learn through the old Testament scriptures and then the new Testament writings that were coming in. And so you got to remember something. They immediately were told to worship on Sunday. If it would have been that they were supposed to worship on Saturday, then they would have been told, okay, this is what we need to do. We need to worship on Saturday. But we see whenever Judaizers would come in, they would come into the church and they would follow Paul around. And like, you can see this even in the book of Galatians, like just read the book, just read the letter to the church of Galatia. That's what was happening. They were coming in and they were like, oh, you have to observe the laws. You have to observe the feasts. You have to get circumcised. You have to do all these things in order to keep your salvation. And Paul is like, who has bewitched you? It's a false gospel. We are not under the law. And so when you read Galatians, just read it for just, just read the whole thing. And you'll see how we are not under the law. So let's look at Ignatius of Antioch. Ignatius of Antioch, he was one of the early church fathers. He wrote this, um, and it was A.D., so for death, 110. So still, Catholic Church isn't even close. Constantine's nowhere to even, he's not even thought of in the picture of history yet. A.D. 110, he says, those who were brought up in the ancient order of things, which would mean Jews, have come to the possession of the new hope, no longer observing the Sabbath. So he's writing a letter to um, the Magnesians, and he's saying, you know, even the Jews that have now been converted to Christianity, they're not even observing the Sabbath anymore, living in the observance of the Lord's Day. So they understood that they're no longer under the law. They became born again. And so their eyes were opened to the truth of the gospel and that Jesus had fulfilled the law on which also our life has sprung up again by him and by his death. And so he's just writing a letter um, explaining some things. And he said, even the Jews aren't observing um, the Sabbath anymore. They've actually adopted the Sunday Lord's Day as the time when we corporately gather. Because remember, the word says there's, there's neither Jew nor Greek anymore. We are one new man in Jesus Christ. It talks about that in Romans. It talks about that in Ephesians, you know, that we are one new man. And then Justin uh, Martyr, uh, he had written in AD 155 in his first apology, 67, which I actually have a copy of that. 
in my study and I've read it and it's very interesting to see how the early church actually gathered and what they did uh, for church services it looks very different than what we're doing today. And one fact is they were together all day long. They were family, they were community and they worshiped together all day. It was so beautiful to read about. Here's what he wrote because he he was writing about Sunday. He was writing about corporate worship when the Christian when the people called Christians get together. He says, but Sunday is the day on which we all hold our common assembly because it is the first day of which God, having wrought a change in the darkness and matter, made the world and Jesus Christ our Savior on the same day rose from the dead. So that's another proof. So we said that was what, 115 AD, 155 AD, Constantine still not even thought of ever. He didn't come on the scene until 315 AD for the Catholic church. John Christum, uh, we got 395 AD. So yeah, we can argue that, you know, this is the homilies on Galatians. Um, but at the end of the day, remember Constantine came on the scene, but he did not change the whole world overnight. I mean, it was not, it was, a, it was a slow integration from the early church, understanding what to do. People were in house churches. Persecution was still all over the place. Um, you know, and then, and then he made it a state religion was able to start drawing people out, but the gospel had spread so much by then. And it took time for the Catholic church to, to, gain the power that it has today or the power that it had during the Reformation. Like that didn't happen overnight. So even in 395 AD, John Christman writes, he says, why do you keep the Sabbath and fast with the Jews? Why are you doing that? Because they were doing that. And he said, is it is it that you fear the law and abandonments of its letter, but you would not entertain this fear? Did you not disparage faith as weak and by itself powerless to save? And so he's like rebuking them. Um, because they were like, there was people that were like afraid of these Judaizers, afraid of the Jews. And so they were like, okay, yeah, well, we'll go worship on Saturday again. And, and I think we've done that today. Like we have these religions out there that almost install fear in people. Like you have, you can't eat pork and you have to observe the Sabbath on Saturday and you, you can't eat vegetable or you can't eat meat. You gotta eat only vegetables or you have to do these, you know, rituals or whatever. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. That is not the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Augustine said in 412, well, now I should like to be told what there is in these 10 commandments, except the observance of the Sabbath, which ought not to be kept by a Christian. Okay. And that was out of his uh, works of the spirit and the letter. And there's many more um, places where you can find where early church fathers and church history observed. And even secular historians um, back then had written things, but they observed what we did. Like they were like, oh, these are what the Christians are doing. This is who they are. And they observed that we worshiped on Sundays. And so that's just, I hope that brings some freedom to you. Um, not only does it declare in the word of God that we, that the Christians worship on Sunday, but also through church history, the Catholics did not change it. You're not worshiping on some sun God day. Um, it, and at the end of the day, don't let anyone judge you based on what day he worshiped the Lord. The point is, are you worshiping the Lord with a body of believers in a biblical church on a day that you've agreed locally works for that body? And if it's a Saturday, great. If it's a Friday, great. Whatever the elders of your local ministry have decided historically, traditionally, biblically, it's always been on Sunday since his resurrection. And so that's when most people gather and that's, and that works. 
for the world. I mean, people gather all over the world every Sunday to worship Jesus Christ. And that's the point. That's the beauty is that we're worshiping as one body, one mind, one voice, one spirit, the, our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I hope that that answers your question on why the day got changed from Saturday to Sunday. Now, Saturday still is the Sabbath day. That day didn't change. That's still the Sabbath. We just worship on the Lord's day, which is Sunday. Sunday's not the Sabbath. The Sabbath never changed as far as the name of it, what it is. It's just that Christians don't worship typically, historically, or biblically on Saturday when they worship the Lord corporately. They gather on Sunday to remember that he has resurrected for you and for me. And we do this with the communion cup as part of the remembrance, drinking of his body and his blood, the symbol of the wine and the bread, hearing the word of God, which is the Bible being read to us, which is what God is saying to us on Sunday and worshiping him as one body, praising his name for who he is and what he has done and anticipating his glorious return for his bride. And so I just pray that you are worshiping him somewhere, hopefully on Sunday. If you're not, and it's on a Saturday or it's on a Friday, the biggest thing is, are you connected to a body of believers? Are Do you have elders speaking into your life and overseeing your souls? Are you connected to a body of believers where you are using your gifts to pour out to them and they are using their gifts for you? And that you guys are edifying each other, exhorting each other, reading the word over one another, holding each other accountable to the word of God, perfecting one another to the maturity of Jesus Christ, because obedience matters to the kingdom of God. And we are not to forsake the fellowship with like believers. And whether it's inside of a four, four walls of a building, like an institution, whether, or whether it's in a house church or whether it's in a cave, are you gathering with the saints every week, participating in the praise and worship and hearing of the word and the sacraments of the blood and the wine or the wine and the bread and, or having a meal together, you know, are you connected? And that's, what's important. And having elders that are qualified, biblically qualified, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, to oversee your soul. They're there for your protection. They're not there to lord over you. They're not there to um, dominate you. They're there to lead by example, washing your feet, and just overseeing your soul for the goodness of your walk with Christ. Okay? I pray you find that, family. If you have any other questions, please email me, get a hold of me. I love, love, love answering questions about the Bible and about church history. I also love discipling and just pouring into uh, women um, and helping you grow and be perfected into Christ. So thank you for listening and watching. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, 
you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.